while me and some other Bulls fans share some big optimism coming into the season for the Chicago Bulls, we do have to ask the question that if the Bulls do continue to struggle, especially up until the trade deadline with the assets that they do have available, will they look to make a big move? We're going to talk about that, plus dive into the mailbag, all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes, holding it down solo, as I always do, but it's Saturday, so that means it's the mailback episode. Make sure you guys are following the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform. We happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. And first up, we got talking about the Bulls and what likelihood do they have to make a move at the trade deadline if this team is continues to struggle or is mediocre at the trade deadline. Now, I've been very, you know, consistent in, in looking at the way that AK operates and saying that a full blow up is very unlikely with this team. And I know that's not what a lot of Bulls fans want to hear when they look at this team and where they currently sit. A lot of Bulls fans want to hear that the Bulls will be willing to go full rebuild or something like that and realistically I just don't necessarily see it happening but you do have to ask the questions that with the assets that the Bulls have right still having most of their mid-level exception their biannual exception having the 10.2 million dollar um disabled player exception from the Lonzo Ball injury if this team does struggle and is completely mediocre or lives up to the expectations of like an ESPN where they're only around 36 37 wins um and look to project to be that Will this team then look to make a move? Now, wh- who is the Bulls' biggest trade chip in a case like that? I still think it's Zach Levine. When you look at the fact of, uh, in, in the last four years, Zach Levine has averaged 25.5 points per game, 4.5 assists, and, 50, and a 55.8 effective field goal percentage. That comes, the only there are only four players in the NBA that either meet or exceed that, and that's Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and LeBron James. That is not by any stretch of the imagination meaning that Zach Levine is a perfect player, or even at the level of those players, but Zach Levine does have value. And I think sometimes as Bulls fans, as zoomed up as we are sometimes with this team, is that we just look at what Zach Levine does not bring. And we look at that and then and then try to quantify that in, as his value, where Zach, yes, is a flawed player. And we do want to see Zach take steps defensively, which he took a little bit of uh, last season. If you look at his def- defensive uh, numbers, his on-off numbers, and his defensive rating, they all were creeping up for Zach Levine, especially when he was fully healthy, right? And I think that coming into a season of full health for Zach Levine, where he's been able to just hopefully work on some things with his game this offseason, refine some things, and he's going to hit the ground running all all full speed like we want and, and hope to see from Zach Levine, I think there are a lot of hopes or reasons for hope for Zach Levine. But, you know, could the Bulls look to move him, right? Could the Bulls look to move a Vooch, a Kobe White, a DeMar DeRozan, all players with really reasonable contracts at this point in time. And if the Bulls were to blow it up, right, let's just say if. I'm not saying that the Bulls are, but if the Bulls not even blow it up, I think that's too strong of a word, but if the Bulls were to look to make a major move, they have now the assets to be able to match salaries to do so. The biggest question is, A, do our teams going to be as interested in their assets? And then are they going to be willing to part for it and what value they're going to be looking back? For example, a player like Alice Caruso that the front office has been listening to deals on, not necessarily shopping, but have not found that equal value that they hold Alice Caruso in. And the Bulls may find themselves in a similar scenario with anybody on their roster, right? And so it ultimately comes down to this, right? Yes, the Bulls could look to do something at this trade deadline because just simply put, they have the assets and the contracts to do so. But 
you have to you also have to have a willing partner participant and a target that is going to improve your team. And while some Bulls fans are like just trade everybody, let our draft picks get better, it makes right now with where the Bulls are, it makes very little sense for the Bulls to really try to move their assets to just increase their own first round picks. Yeah, we have our own first round pick outright this season, but we still owe a first round pick out to the San Antonio Spurs before the end of this season, right? Well, that next season is when we owe, owe that one to, not this upcoming draft, but the next draft. And so I don't see a team going full blow it up, but they could look to make a considerable retooling move in that time. And so, you know, we'll see. At the end of the day, anything is possible. This is the NBA. And while I think it's unlikely, just looking at the track history of this front office, right, I can't say that it's outside the realm of possibility. That would be unfair and unrealistic to say that it's just completely not possible the Bulls look to do something. Now, I think when you look at AK and and things like that, and, uh, you know, you got to ask yourself, too, is this the front office that is going to get the most value out of something like that, right? Is this the front office that is going to make the right move when we need them to make one, right? There's enough questions to ask around that, but I do think that the Bulls are set up that if they want to be buyers, and if a disgruntled player becomes available, anything in between happens between now and the trade deadline, paired with the Bulls maybe not even meeting their internal expectations, that's where you can start. Things can start getting interesting around Chicago, and so we'll we'll keep it. We'll monitor. We'll keep it. I want to talk about it. The Bulls were listed on an article by Bleacher Report as being one of, uh, you know, Zach Levine being one of the players to look to move. Him and Pascal Siakam super high on that list of players that could be moved by the trade deadline, and really, you know, the team that their team could go into, you know, uh, moving in a different direction. But let me know what you guys think on that. If the Bulls are struggling, are mediocre still, what percentage chances do you give it? that the Bulls may look to make a move by the trade deadline. Let me know all that down below. All right, let's go ahead and get into it. It's Friday. It's Saturday, so you know that means it's mailbag day. It's ma- b- built mainly around your voicemails. We're going to get to play this first voicemail. This one's from Q. Hey, hey it's, it's me, Q. Uh, I, uh, it's, not, you're probably not going to use this one. It's the beginning of the week, but uh, I just finished watching your, your episode about Kobe and P. Will. And you talked about, you were talking about if Tory Craig and uh, Javon Carter take the starting spot uh, this year, like, you know, how would that, you know, that could affect, you know, the development of Kobe and P. Will. But my, but my thought is it's like if, if, if they are not confident enough to start Kobe, a person, I don't think Kobe should start. Like that's just my personal opinion. Um, I think Pat should start, though. I think I think with him, I think it's just got to be a trial, a fire with him. I, I think he's just gonna have to really, he's really gonna have to play some minutes and really get out there, and so he could get better. You know, I just and he could figure out what he needs to do to be better. But anyway. If 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 Tory Craig and Javon Carter start this uh, start in uh, for this season, I'm thinking like, well, what's the point in really keeping P. Will and Kobe? You know, it's like they've been on the they've been on the team for years now. Both of them, I mean, I think Pat's got what three years. Kobe's got five, uh, five or six. So it's like they've they've kind of started in and out. You know, I guess, but it's like 
if they're not like that confident in them to start and they rather start two guys that they're paying really low contracts, they rather start them than start it's like like they rather if they start Javon Carter, they're paying him seven million and Kobe's getting thirty million. It's like what's the point in in, in keeping Kobe or, or P. Will, if they're getting paid more money to sit on the bench. Like I, I just I just don't understand that. But um the last comment I wanted to make is that uh, I got season tickets. I try to go to as many games as I can and I wanted to try to, you know, after every game that I go to uh, call and um uh send a voicemail to you, you know, like I guess a like post game uh voicemail I guess. I'm going to try to do that. Um, so, yeah, uh, keep up the good work. And, yeah, I guess I'll send another voicemail later at some point. Okay. So just a slight correction on that. When I made that episode, the only player that I was talking about not letting take their starting position was Patrick Williams when it comes to Torrey Craig. And that's because I think that Kobe White is better off the bench. So I think you kind of mixed them two together uh, because I talked about – I did talk about in that episode Javon Carter being the best option to – start there but I I don't it's not that I don't think there's anything wrong with Kobe White coming off the bench I actually prefer Kobe White to come off the bench so that was mainly built around Patrick Williams and Torrey Craig mainly because Torrey Craig does a lot of the same things that Patrick Williams does but Patrick Williams should be the better player and he's younger that is why I say that he should not come in and take that take that starting position well Patrick Williams it, it's, it says a lot if, if Patrick Williams doesn't come in this training camp in a way where he wins that starting position outright. I think that that is a huge sign for concern for this team. And I do think that that is then something that this, that, that it, it, it causes a little bit of concern, not a huge amount. Patrick Williams is still young. He still has tons of time to develop and things like that, but like it would start some things. Now I want to see Kobe White come off the bench. I think that's best suited for a skill set. I think he's going to be able to have a lot of things go through him and not have to worry about playing with a bunch of ball dominant players and really have an opportunity to get his shot off. But uh, so just a slight correction on that one. Um, but ultimately, I'll say this is that you do have to be ready and nothing should be given to Patrick Williams. Right. Patrick Williams needs to come in with the level of effort and things that he needs to earn that starting position. So just want to be clear there. I'm not saying that he should not earn that. They have to earn that starting position. I'm just saying that Patrick Williams hopefully comes in with that level of focus and things that you pointed out that he that he grabs that and snatches that starting power forward position outright. And he wins that the way that he should. At least that's my opinion. You guys can let me know what you think on all that down below. All right, let's get into the next one. Oh, but as far as your point of season tickets, shout out to you for getting season tickets, brother. That is huge. Um, yeah, send in voicemails, whatever you need to do. Um, and hopefully, you know, the, you get to see a lot of Bulls wins this season. But all right, let's get into the next voicemail. This one's from Reginald. Hey, hey, this is Reginald from Columbus, Georgia. I was listening to you and Pat Dizana, uh the other day on Lock on Bulls talking about Lonzo, and uh, I gotta agree with both of y'all. Uh, I don't see the. I'll say this: looking for someone with eighty percent of the skill set of run the ball is incredibly difficult. But I look at the crazy for next year. The only guys I could possibly uh, do some of what Lonzo does is Mike Conley, Chris Dunn, and maybe Chris Paul. Who can create it? But my question to you is, is there anyone out there, not with just the ability to play defense or facilitate or shoot three, but how many people are out there with high basketball IQ as a point guard? I mean, but I, I just think it's best to like look in the draft. But how many point guards are staying three, four years to get the experience, to get the know-how, how to run the game? And 
got a call out playing out of BDET, uh, for general. Like, most point guards have a BDET after one or two years, so. All right, so you, here's the thing. The Bulls giving Javon Carter a three-year contract, I think that that means experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code Bull Central to secure your limited time welcome bonus today that they're hoping that he's going to fill that starting point guard role until they naturally find their next starting point guard. Now, as far as point guard free agents that could be out on the market next year, you didn't mention Drew Holiday. Now, he does have a player option. He could definitely, and he fits that. I think Drew Holiday comes in, and the way that he defends, the way that he can score at times, Drew Holiday would be a really good uh, you know, point guard for the Chicago Bulls going forward. But got to see what they do and what they do with their cap space, things like that. Tyus Jones is another one that could become available. And while not the defender that Lonzo Ball or Javon Carter is, the way that he manages the game, his assist-to-turnover ratio is amazing. I do think that if he was given kind of thrust into more of a, of a run-the-offense-type point guard role, he could definitely thrive in that. So that's something to look at as well. But, hey, listen, we'll see. At the end of the day, it's this, right? The Bulls aren't going to find a one-for-one replacement with Lonzo Ball. It's just not likely to come you know, just by going out in the free agent market and shopping. Now, it could come eventually, and hopefully, you know, they, they get a player that's ready to step in and give that level of effort from the Chicago Bull, for the Chicago Bulls. But, like, at this point, I think the Bulls have made their choice now on their point guard of the current, right? And that's Javon Carter. And hopefully, you never know, Kobe White could step into that big time. I would assume still, I know some Bulls fans don't want to hear it, but still has potential to develop into that role. You know, I think he's better suited as a combo guard, but you just never know. And how the, the makeup of the team could also change the needs of the point guard position, right? If the Bulls do go a different route, whether it be coach or whether it be different center and something like that, you can see Kobe White stepping in there and playing a Jamal Murray-type starting point guard role, right? But I think Billy Donovan would have to change his offense to operate more inside-out at that point, and we'll see if Billy Donovan does that. But there are there are there there is signs for that, right? And so we'll end up seeing what happens um, and what this team ends up becoming as far as that, as far as the point guard position. But replacing Lonzo Ball isn't easy and we've seen it and the Bulls have been now trying to do that now for a year and a half and they haven't done it meaningfully and so we'll see what Javon Carter he's the next up to get the attempt for the Chicago Bulls and we'll see what he can bring for this team I think that he's going to pay off pretty big for this team um, but we have to see if ultimately the way that the team comes together with him at that point guard position gets us back in that win column big time all right let's get into this next voicemail this one's from Shay what's up Perry? this is Shay you know a lot of people have been talking about the Chicago Bulls front office and all of that. And I admit, they do, they're not perfect. They do make a lot of unforceable moves that we don't understand, especially when it involves the size on this team. But I'm going to need fans to to just shut the fuck up on, on some things. Saying that they're the worst front office and the worst GMs and just saying certain shit like, oh, they didn't do much this season. 
Or, oh, you didn't get a good replacement for Lonzo Ball. Let's face it. Not a lot, there aren't a lot of point, free agent point guards that could be a good replacement for Lonzo Ball, especially when you're not in the most flexible state of payment, especially with Lonzo Ball's contract still on your books. And not to only mention, it's not AK's, it's not AK that didn't want to go into the luxury tax. It's Jerry Reinsdorf. So basically, I could say AK did the best with what he had. And now, look, I'm not going to say that he's perfect. He's made some mistakes there and there, especially with drafting Dale and Terry when you could have got Walker Texas uh, or EJ Liddell because we do need a backup power board. I will give him that. But at the same time, I'm going to need fans to be a little bit more grateful because, let's face it, they have tried and they've addressed a lot of things that we've asked for. Like the backup center, saying Bush doesn't have a backup. They got Andre Drummond saying that we don't have a lot of shooting. I mean, they didn't get great shooting, but they got some good to decent shooters and they got some real good people who've been in the playoffs and who have won championships, such as Alex Caruso, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I feel like we're putting AK in a hot seat a little bit too much, especially when he, when his hands are tied on a lot of these moves because of the cap space. And because when you think about it, he did give us what we want, a lot of things that we did want and that we did ask for. He gave them to us, such as a playoff team. We were tired of being a rebuilding team, and he gave it to us. Anyway, tell me what you think. Please. Okay. So, AK's done a pretty good job. When you look at what how he's had to operate, even bringing in Lonzo DeMar, Alex Caruso, that was a, a year that we technically didn't have any true cap space, and he made it happen. Now, we had to give up assets to make those moves happen, and that's unfortunate, right? But AK has done a pretty good job with what happened. I think, especially when you look at the roster that he constructed, which was a number one team in the East, right? But again, not a championship contender, just being fair. They were not a championship contender, but that team was working. It was working better than what we've seen since Lonzo Ball went down. And despite what some people like the Ultimate Rage would say, it's not all built around Lonzo. This Lonzo's not even a star-level player. He's never been that per his output, but he had that type of impact for this Chicago Bulls team with the way that we played in totality, and that is why roster construction is important. And so we never really got to see that full roster together, right? We didn't even get to see a lot of Patrick Williams in that season and know like how he would he have grown and developed with Lonzo, things like that, and they would have developed as a defensive tandem around those uh, the, that core three that has their own defensive liabilities and issues. So AK's done solid. I think that the pivot, right, the fact that we haven't seen a, now, since the Lonzo ball injury and he went down, we haven't seen a solid pivot from that scenario into where it's now put the Bulls back on that trajectory, and that's where a lot of Bulls fans have their issues, as well as drafting. Now, you pointed it out, Walker Kessler. You said EJ Liddell. We got Justin Lewis in that draft, who is very similar to EJ Liddell. We haven't even seen what EJ Liddell is at the NBA level, but Walker Kessler is absolutely a player that you see. He could have been the heir apparent to take over that starting center position from Vooch. Um, he could have also, had we drafted him last season, maybe we could have let, like a lot of Bulls fans, we could have let Vooch just walk. And now we couldn't use those assets to go anywhere else, but maybe we could have done that and then, you know, opened up some other things, right? So the drafting aspect of what AK and Eversley have failed at, I think is the biggest and most egregious thing just because it's left us in a situation where there are so many question marks around our young core, and that's a young core that's supposed to be picking up the mantle and carrying it for this version of the Bulls team. And so there's enough now questions around that that, you know, that's where AK, I think, has done the, the uh, raised the most questions at the 
not mo- having moves at the trade deadline and all that type of stuff, it, it brings its own questions. But I think when you look at that aspect of it, as far as the draft, right, um, there's still a lot of question marks with those young players. And we don't and haven't necessarily had the coach in Billy Donovan that has developed those talents either. So as long as you have young players that are supposed to be part of your big future, but there's still big question marks, that's always going to be a question um, for the GM and and the, the Bulls management at that point in time. So, hey, you guys can let me know what you think on that one down below as well. All right, let's get into the, this, this last voicemail for today. Uh, this one is from Casual Kelder. All right, I wanted to talk a little bit about you. Um, and uh, me actually saying this year's Bulls are a bit underrated. I think this year's team has improved from last year. I don't know how they can't be unless, um, you know, something crazy happens. But, you know, they brought the whole team back, which was a 41 team that lost a lot of close games. I'm agreeing with you on that. They added great players. Um, Javon Carter and Torrey Craig are already my favorite players on the team. I love them as role players. Um, and I think, you know, this year they're going to be better this year. Um, I think some other teams got better, too. I think um, especially Atlanta is going to be better. And um, from coming up, you know, on the same level as the Bulls. Um, but we'll see how that goes. Um, as far as the disrespect, I think this is where it's coming from. I want to know your thoughts. Um, long term, this does not look good for the Bulls. I don't think. And that's my opinion. Um, it looks to me, and, um, granted, no, I'm just some guy calling from North Carolina, but it looks to me like they have, you know, aging stars who are not top level stars, who don't complement each other. So, you know, they're good players. I mean, they're all good players. Um, but Levine, Damar, and, um, Bucci, they don't complement each other very well. Their skills don't match up because maybe these role players can help fill the gap for this year. But long term, you know, you gotta have a stuff. You gotta have those guys. They don't have that guy, and they don't have a young guy. I would say their young core, their young players are probably for sure in the bottom ten of young player groups in the NBA. They just don't have that guy coming up. So what you see is an aging core. One guy, their best player has bad knees. The other best player is a mid-range player who would have been great in the 90s, um, but has not had a ton of success. And another center that's about the same thing. I think that's where you're getting the disrespect is because people are not just looking at this year. This year looks okay, um, but this year is their ceiling year, I think. And long-term, we're looking at, like, the team with not a lot of young talent that can carry them going forward and aging guys that – I think looks like they're just going to ride them off until their contract's gone and then try to figure out what to do with that money. But, you know, the plan is, I think, what's causing uh, national disrespect. I don't think national people respect the Bulls' direction. Uh, what do you think about that? Bye. Okay, so first off, another casual thing from Kelder, uh, Zach Levine doesn't have bad knees. Let's be clear here. He had one major knee injury since his initial ACL surgery. And that is atypical of the type of surgery that he had. Eventually, you do have to go in and get that cleanup, which Zach Levine did. And so he's he's gotten better as an athlete since his initial ACL injury. But Bulls fans got to stop acting like it's this thing every year since his ACL injury or it's something with his knee. It hasn't been that. And Zach Levine has been a pretty healthy player since that time period of his knee as far as the knee goes. Now, again, a season ago, when him and Lonzo both went down against the Golden State Warriors, that was the first time we had something major with his knee since his ACL surgery. So, come on. You, you, you got to be better aware than that. Now, as far as the, the young talent, I got to agree. There are question marks on the young talent. I still see the, the, the potential in that young talent. And I think that, you know, with a, a renewed focus on development, we're going to see those players turn into something. But, you know, the, the, the core 
I think the core fits good together. It's just that we saw it fit best together when you had a point guard that covered up a lot of their deficiencies, being at defense, being at three-point shooting. That's when this team looked the best. And so I think we've gotten caught up in now what the team has looked like without that, right? And so we'll see how that develops. But I think this core can work. I think you need to make some tweaks to the offense and you need to have a different point guard in there, which we'll see what Javon Carter does. But I agree with you on the young talent. I, I do there. There's question marks in it. But where I think we differ at is that you don't think that young talent has the talent. And I think they do. I just think that it needs to develop here in Chicago. And then we can see what we have in them. Let me know what you guys think on all that down below. But that's it for today's episode. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. BullCentralPod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, for our mailbag episodes, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys and like I liked in every episode on. Go Bulls. Love you guys. See you right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break, Break Media. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.